All right. Uh, welcome to the Eric J. The Great uh, podcast show. Got a, a special guest on the show today, uh, Shawty Lowe Jr. How you doing? Man, what's happening, man? You know, man, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Just thank you for having me here, man. Reaching out to me, having me on your podcast, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, for anybody that haven't uh, heard your music before, I want to uh, play one of your songs that I uh I knew about it, you know, because I like the uh, the brick song, so that's the song that I'm gonna play. So, <laughs> but uh, I yeah, I like that song. I had looked at the video; I didn't know it had a video to it. I looked at the video today when I got off work. Oh, yes, sir. Um, bricks was actually um the first song that I did and put out, like as me being an artist. Uh, I don't know if most people know, like, like I like bricks was the first song that I made of so when I dropped Brits I had just started being an artist around that time I dropped Brits in April of 2021 so I had just started rapping around March I never rapped or thought about rapping ever in life but Brits is my first song all right all right here go right here for uh anybody that haven't heard it let's get it I'm from the west side, little nigga. Trail did it again. Bankhead to be exact. Yeah. West side, bankhead, born home. Got to know the bricks with me. Young nigga run the city and I got L.O. with me. Get the bag, fuck the bitch, and push the phone with us all through the city. We done came a long way from them dirty dishes. L.O. showed the whole city how to get, get, get it. Everything y'all did, best believe we done been there. Tinto, paint hole, bankhead, name place to paint hole. Born home, stand up for the king, shit, go throw your L's up. Built not about with G-Code, young low going free smoke, still got a thing for free codes, took his whole like repo, no random base like Nemo, West Side Al Pacino, niggas really wanna be low, but they can never really say they Hey, that's bricks, man. It's bricks. Yeah, I play uh, play one of my favorite songs, man. I was talking about this all day. Uh, when I got off work, man, I was telling uh people I was gonna interview you today, and uh, I was like, man, I was uh having a debate with my homeboy, and I was like, yo, when Shardy Low dropped this song, I was like, it ain't too many songs that got a harder beat than this song. I was like, I gotta think of a song, and I was like. Trap Star by Jeezy, Freaky Girl by Gucci. That was like the only ones I could think that could compete with this beat. You know what I'm saying? That uh that they know by uh by your dad, man. That was that was a classic, bro. I was in middle school when that song came out, man. So, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, rest in peace, Charlie Lowe, man. I was hurt when I uh when I heard that man when he passed away, bro. Man, we was all hurt. Hey, hello, hello, they know, they know, 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 hello, hello, they
First off, man, uh, tell the people uh, where you're from and how old are you? Man, I'm from, the, you already know, Westside, Bankhead, man, Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I'm 28 years old. I mean, you know, so I just had a birthday, June 3rd. Okay, well, happy belated birthday, man. Appreciate that, appreciate that, man. So, uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear your hometown, man? Um... First thing that come to mind, first thing that come to mind is like is when I'm here. It's just like I don't know. I, I feel like I'm at home, man. It's like and just just having that presence or that swag from you know our city have its own swag, have its own style, like you know, and it's been copied by a lot of other people and a lot of different cities like they come here take our swag and they go so and they go and take it and try to do what they do with it but like when i'm here bro you know got this i feel got this shit authentic because i know what my dad did and what he built and the standard and the tone that he set so it's like man you know you know i feel like a king i feel got that shit authentic yeah, absolutely, man. So for anybody that ain't never been to Atlanta, man, just kind of describe some of the struggles and stuff that you had to endure just like an everyday kid in Atlanta when you was a kid transitioning to a teenager, you know? Um, I mean, okay. You could put it like this. Um, For the people who don't know, you know, my dad was a kingpin before he was the rapper, Charlie Lowe. So, everything that he talked about in his raps about him being in the streets and selling drugs and him doing that, he really did that. So my dad was a millionaire by the time he was 19, 20. So he was already a millionaire. And my mom used to work for my dad. So like, um, I mean, not, he, I, I can't say that we didn't struggle because we still fill up on hard times and stuff too. You know, um, or if something happened or like, okay, put it like this. My mom decided to change her life and she started going to church. You know, she stopped, she pulled away from the street aspect, you know? So that's when we really start to struggle. It's like, go, go to my dad's house, got money. At my, my mom's house, you know, we live, I, we, we surviving over here. I'm having over there. So just to be able to, you know, sometimes come home, you know, we ain't really got no food in the house. Or you might come home and the lights might be off or something like that. Then I go to my dad's house and, you know, you got whatever you want over here. So um, just being able to, you know, just know what I want out of life from seeing my mom struggle. You know, got 
I knew that I wanted to be somebody or do something, you know, special so I could take care of her. And um, like, and just growing up and just seeing like both sides of life, how how it can be or how people dream of it being, you know, and that really, that's really what made me humble and genuine. You know, I don't judge people. I know everybody go through things, have their own situations and circumstances, you know, and into what shapes and mold them into the person that they are, you know? So, um, man, like, Growing up, I wouldn't say it was easy, you know, just going through things as a kid, you know, fights, um, getting picked on and stuff on there from time to time. So used to get into a bunch of fights and stuff when I was growing up and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't nothing too crazy, you know, but just the typical stuff that most folks be going through from a kid to transitioning into a teenager then start playing football, you know, the girls, you know, and now by the time I'm a teenager, my dad is Shawty Low now. Like the rapper, not Shawty Low, the discreet guy. So, you know, he's known worldwide. You know, people see you differently. They think you're going to be arrogant and stuck up so that they try to handle you and treat you a certain type of way. And, you know, just like, that's what kind of made it kind of weird because I'm like, man, you know, so I'm just like y'all, man. So I'm just like everybody else. But they saying like, oh my God, that's Shawty Low. And I'm saying it like, that's just my dad. You know, I don't really, I don't really put no hype on it. But you know, when people see something and this is perceived as famous or the good life or things that you want, they perceive it a certain type of way. And I didn't perceive it like that. But so, yeah. So as far as um uh your dad, man, like how was Shawty Low the father? Like everybody know what he accomplished as the rapper and his life before he became a rapper, but uh, how was he as the father? Like things that the average fan wouldn't know, you know. Um man, you know, dad was cool. Like I mean, Low, or if you want to call him Low, you know, I call him Dad. You know, <laughs> Dad was um cool, man. You know, he was very big on family coming together for holidays doing stuff together you know um him as a dad and well me as his son like he was very open with me very raw um like he just told me how it was you know it like hey son this this or don't do that because this like this you know he really broke stuff down but he left it open-ended to where you can make your own decision about it. Like, he ain't necessarily tell you what to do, but he just gave you the point of view. It's like this, or it can be like this. And, and it's up to you. Type, um, type thing. You know, he was always there. You know, um, like, uh, he came to the football games in high school, you know, on the weekends, you know, I go to his house, or even when I went to live with him as a teenager, in high school, you know, he was there, you know, very supportive, role model, just everything that you would want out of a father, he was that, you know, from, but I'll say as a kid, you know, him being in the streets and stuff like that, 
he didn't really know how to be a father then. He grew into it as we got older. Okay. So, but overall, dad is a great father, man. He was always there, very supportive, you know, just real open. Like, you know, he was like my big brother, like my my homie. Like, I can go talk to him about females. And, and me and him used to compete against females too now. So, <laughs> man, you know, so it's just like our bond and our relationship was like this. So it's just like, man, he was a father figure, um, a big brother, a partner, mentor, leader, just the, the whole nine. Okay. What What was the best memory, if you had to pick one, what was the best memory you ever had with your dad? Um, If I had to pick one, if I had to, I don't know, man. It's like, I can't really just pick one. It like, I don't know. Cause I would say, I really can't say, but I have a few that I can pick from, or I don't even know. Cause you know, him not necessarily being here, I cherish all of them. So I can't just pick one. Yeah, I understand that. So uh, how many uh, siblings do you have? And are you guys close? Um, I have 10 outside of me. I make 11. Um, we are pretty, you know, how to put it close knit. Everybody have their own life and, you know, stuff going on. So we catch up when we can, we talk and we chop it up when we can and stuff like that. But, you know, we still going strong. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I know, um, I had um, looked into you had uh, had to sit down for a while as far as going to um, prison, things like that. So um, how long were you in there and um, what type of effect that they had have on you? Um, I was locked up for um, three years. Um, so I had to sit down for three years. Um, and basically, you know, going to prison, um, it really opened up my eyes um to a lot of things because as a kid you know when when you see people get locked up and or get in trouble or go to jail or you know and I used to wonder you know why 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 do they do bad stuff to get in trouble you know but as a kid I ain't know no better up until when I went and I'm not a bad person. I made a bad decision as a teenager, and it cost me, you know, my freedom. So actually being in there and get to be around, you know, these guys, and, you know, these guys ain't bad people. Um, You know, everybody, like, have different circumstances, situations, um, different, different got different environments that they in that led up to them doing what they did. Yeah, you know, so that doesn't make them a bad person because they had a bad situation or a bad moment that they were involved in. Um, so basically me being in there, that really opened my eyes and kind of changed my perspective on the people who get locked up and who get in trouble and you know, who do things, you know, things happen in life. And you know, people people are gonna 
you can't please everybody. So people are going to feel this way about it. Some people might understand. Some people might not understand. Some people may judge you. Some people might be like, oh, well, you know, it's over with. That happened. This person went through that, you know. So it's like just being there really helped me as a person. Um, It just made me, like, settle down, be be more like um get to know me better um like at as in like what do i really want out of life or what am i going to do when i leave here um and you know from being incarcerated it it really taught me how to be by myself you know and really just showed me that you know i really don't need to be around people or need people to survive you know, or to make me feel good or support me. Because when you're in there, all your friends and your so-called family that you were kicking with and homeboys and stuff, they disappear. So it's like, and then you really get to see who really there for you or who in the end. And it's not even really about money. Who who can write me? Hey, like, um, like, um, like, who, like, like, um, who, who can write me? Like, who can pick up the phone when I call or who can come see me, you know, you know, just simple stuff that, that doesn't necessarily have to do with money, but that just showed me that you care or, you know, or what I meant to you. So, um, yeah, like that had a big impact on me because while I was incarcerated, I lost my mom back in 2015. She passed from a car accident. And then within a year of her passing, my granddad which is my dad dad passed and my dad ended up passing two weeks after my granddad passed so it's like i took three bit losses within that time period of me being incarcerated so um like that really just just going through that and being able to come back out and be able to tell my, my story and to be able to do be doing what i'm doing now is just like is just that just to show people that you can overcome any circumstance, any situation, if you want to, because I could have let it tear me down, like destroy me or make me look at people a different type of way or look at life a different type of way. And I'm not going to say that it's easy. It's an on, it's an ongoing, you know, trend or steps that, you know, I take, you know, um, as a person, but, I know what I want out of life and that's what keep me positive keep me striving and keep me going and just know that I can be an inspiration to somebody else, you know, who going through probably worse or some, or some people who probably not even going through worse, but think that that situation is bad. Then they look at everything that I have been through and be like, man, I ain't got nothing to complain about. He been through this. He going through that. People talk about this and that, or the pressure that he may, you know, or things that he may go through. My life don't even compare to that, you know. So it's it can work both ways. And I know, man, like um, I don't heard like a lot of people describe those type of situations because they was like prison or being in jail is already bad enough because you don't have your freedom. But they was like when you get that call that you that one of your close family members pass away and you can't go to the funeral, then that's when it really, like, like people really start to break down in there. And I can only imagine how you felt, man, taking those losses back to back, not being able to uh, 
be released to temporarily to go to the funeral and things like that to get closure from it in, in person. You know what I'm saying? That's just something that you just had to deal with being in a place like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, um, well, did they actually let me, did they, they let me go to my, my um, mom's funeral, but they didn't let me go to my, my dad's. So, like, and like, man, like, just doing that or having that going on, like, losing both on tragic, you know, but um, like, just being able, it's like, I honestly feel like me being in in prison or being incarcerated, that's what was what was best for me. Because if I would have been there and been able to, like, I mean, I felt the, you know, the the got the emotions and, and everything. Like, I was hurt. I was tore up, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it's like I was in a place where I, where, like, you kind of can't show weakness. So it forced me to be strong. So if I would have been out, my mindset, my mentality, everything would have would have been way different. So um, just with like just being incarcerated when those things happen, it it kind of kind of made me and and kind of it, it made me tough mentally, emotionally, like all of that. Um, spiritually, like it just made me know that I can, I can. If 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 I can handle those things, I can overcome anything. Cause those those three losses are the, the hardest losses that I feel like I'm a ever taking life. Period. So just me being able to still be in good spirit, still be sane, still be focused, still know what I want, and just and just and and then still have the ability to keep going. I feel like I can do anything. Okay. So um your dad did he he um was the rapper Shawty Lowe before you went to jail, right? Right, yes. So it was kind of describe the atmosphere of the city around that time, you know, like um because you seeing this firsthand, you know, you right with him. So, you know, how how was the atmosphere when he was on that come up when he first started getting that traction of when he dropped those songs and his projects and things like that? Uh, man, you know, like that, that was already a um staple in the city from being Shawty Low the Kingpin mm. already. So he already had the streets on them behind him. So you know, like that was really a a people's person or a person like he was very involved in the you know the city. Like he paid people rent. Like he looked out. He helped a lot of people. So he like he already had the support of the people because he was for the people so um like so so around that, that time when when everybody was trying to get him to rap and stuff he was like no nah, you know he wasn't really taking it serious you know he got the the d4well studios for the group d4well for you know fabo and moot b brass key and stuntman and all them because he was investing his money for them to you know rap or just do they thing, but people was like, man, you know, Shardalo, we know you real, and we want to hear what you have to say. So, you know, he got in there, and you know, uh, he did his thing. His first song he made was I'm the man. I'm the man went crazy. It, it, it's like, you know, 
he thought it was luck. Then, you know, he he came around again, you know, with the foolish and the day nose and the dun-duns and, and everything else. Gucci bandana, whatever you can think of, you know, he did it. So it, it was like with him seeing that, you know, he got it or or like 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 he said, oh, Lord, I don't found my swag. He tell you, like, he got it. Or he feel like he got it, and he had the, the city with him. And it, and it just to see how people react to him. Like, they treated him like a king, like a god. And that's how he was viewed. And that's, what, and, 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 and that's how he will forever be viewed. Because that's really where he was and how and that's how he carried himself. Okay. So um was your dad the first person in your family um involved in the music business? Um as far as I know, yeah. Okay. Uh what was one of the last conversations you had with him, if you remember? Um I, I was incarcerated. Um and my granddad had just passed um and we were talking about like like basically i was asking them like hey like why haven't you wrote your book like why haven't you did your movie why haven't you opened up your you know your um food place you know and he was like you know i don't really trust too many people and i was like you know what well i'm finna come home soon so you know i was like i can take care of that stuff for you because i, I will before i got incarcerated I was in college and that was one of one of my majors, you know, business and, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, I, I was willing to, you know, help. And, you know, and he was like, you know, it's it's about time for me to, you know, to pass the torch anyway, you know, let, let, let you and my other son, which is my brother, you know, let y'all go on and, you know, whoop the whoop. So I'm like, cool, then within the week or so he passed so it's like i'm like damn like i just talked to him we had plans we had goals like we had stuff that we had to do like you know well i don't know if people know but dad had the diabetes and stuff so he had to eat right and get healthy like we was planning on doing that getting him in shape working out and stuff like doing all type of stuff so we just had a whole bunch of plans that we didn't get to do but i'm doing it now like we're working on his movie, working on a documentary, working on a series, like um, um, possibly write the book, like just do all type of stuff. So it's like I'm I'm in the position to do those things now that he wanted to do, but we didn't get to do it. Okay. What was the uh, best advice he ever gave you? Um, I don't know because it like it would be per situation that I'm in or how I'm feeling at the moment. But the one of the, one of the, the things he always told me is stay true to me, you know, you know, and you, and just always remain who I am through in this situation. And he, and he was like, man, people talked about Jesus and they, they ain't like Jesus, but you know, Shaheen do no wrong. He was perfect. And we as humans is not perfect. So what you think that they going to say about us or what other people got to say? Who cares what other people got to say? You know what I mean? Just keep doing you. Absolutely.
So um, did, did a lot of your dad friends uh, support you uh, when you got out of prison? When Because, uh, uh, you, you know, your dad was already passed away. So, like, when they find out you got out of prison, did a lot of them uh, come, you know, uh, pull up on you, things like that, you know, when you got out? Yeah. I, I mean, like, well, when I came home, you know, I, I got to see a, a lot of people because when, like, well, when dad passed, dad passed September 21st. I got out November the 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 30th. The November 30th. So um so in that time frame you, you kinda know like time go on so people still kinda like first you know when he first passed you know people will probably be there you know consoling the people who are there. So now it's about two months on down the line. So when I get out I, I mean I still got love and attention and stuff but it was like hey like what am i gonna do so i mean people they were there they were supportive they tried to help and you know and do certain things but yeah pretty much yeah yeah i know on another interview man i watched another interview that you had on uh hey man i'm trying to think of the guy name uh Dang man, <laughs> I had it on my head, on mine. The guy with the dress, uh, um, all the time, uh, dog. But um, yeah, you, you was talking to him about the dream that you had with your dad because you uh explained that. Oh yeah, so basically, um, previously, well, I ain't gonna say previously because it's been over a year and some change now. Um, um. I got locked up for a violation of probation November 2020. Um, my dad came to me in the dream January the 4th because I had court January 5th. Um, he told me to do music, to take it serious, and that he was going to put the pieces around me, you know, to help me, you know. Um, and he said the only way I'm going to make it is if I give it a hundred percent, just like everybody else, he say, I'm not gonna make it just because I'm his son. I got to put it in the work, just like everybody else. So, um, and then he say, you're not going home tomorrow because I had court on the fifth. So he say, but when you go home, give it a hundred percent. He say, you gonna make it. You just got to give it a hundred percent. So um, I had court the next day, and I didn't go home. I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> he, like he called it. Like, it, like it, it's crazy. But that was just a confirmation that, you know, well, I know and feel it, but just he's with me still. And, um, you know, he just has my best interest at heart. And, you know, and he always keep it, you know, man, should have booked with me. So if he felt like I need to be doing Something else, he would have told me that I need to be doing something else. But up until that point, I never really been an artist or never thought about being a rapper or, you know, or just doing music in general. So um, it's like when I got out, I got out February the 12th, 2021, and I dropped Bricks around, I think, April. And Bricks was one of the, the first songs that, you know, that I put out that from what, what I had made. And everybody kind of loved it. Like, bro, like, you're going to be dope. You're going to be bigger than your dad or 
or or or you just now start rapping? Like I was like, yeah, they were like, nah, bro, you've been rapping or you've been had it then, or you got the gene and all that stuff. You know how people start talking and stuff like that. I'm like, first I just started it, but it's like I'm gonna get better, you know, as an artist, as a person, like over time. So man, so yeah, like, but him telling me that is the reason why I'm doing music and the reason why I'm sitting right here now. Just talking to you. All right. So uh when you started doing music, man, was it was it easy for you to pick up? Was it something that came natural or was it like kind of like a struggle at first trying to find a niche for it? I mean, for me, like I love music. I just never thought about making my own music. Mm-hmm. So um I actually have an ear for music. It's just like me being creative enough to create my own. Um, so sometimes like at first when I first started doing music or first trying to first started trying to do music, um, it used to take me probably like a week to do a verse, like because it's like I was trying too hard. I was trying too hard to make every line fire, every sentence punch line, everybody jamming, you know, I'm trying too hard and then I might probably spend two, three, four hours and probably got two lines down. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not tomorrow. Got them, you know, and then eventually I got around, you know, some other people that was helping me just be creative and relax. Like, bro, you really got it. Like, you just gotta relax, and you know, and they really helped me. So, um, like they helped me develop as an artist. I'll say, and eventually it went from me taking a week or two to do one song to I can do a song in an hour or two now. Or I can do a song in 30 minutes, 45 minutes now, because I kept doing it every day. So, like, being an artist, this this is, or being a rapper or whatever you want to call it, this is something that takes time. And, and I wouldn't say that you really have to be passionate about it or in it. Um, because my, my dad wasn't never a, a rapper, you know, he, people told him to do it and he did it. And he, look how it turned out, but you have to be consistent with it. Like, you know. Okay. So, um, as far as uh, how many projects you have out right now? Um, I actually don't have any projects out right now, but I do have out singles, um, bricks. I'm with it. Um, yeah, yeah. June 3rd. Um, what else? Um, um, uh, every time with um me and Schoolie, um, yeah. So I got out singles okay. right now. So as far as uh, I'm working on the project though. Okay. So as far as like I know. I know, I know your dad, man. I know he still got some of that heat, man, on a, on a drive somewhere, man. Do y'all still uh, pl- plan to drop some of his music that he had, like, just put up somewhere or, or in the future, or right. y'all plan to just keep it just put up? Uh, nah, uh, nah, nah, nah. We, I'm, I'm definitely going to drop some of it soon. But, you know, I ain't going to tell you when, but it's definitely in the works. And um, I'm going to call it reincarnated and it's gonna be half his face and half of mine so you're gonna be you know it's gonna be like a father and son album yeah because you might be able to uh insert some of your verses on some of some of the songs that was already recorded you know 
I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be dope, man. That'll be because uh, I don't think that's never been done before. Because it's like it's not too many people that have like juniors that's done music and then was able to you know you know be like hand in hand on the music side like that. I can't think of none off the top of my head. Right. So, um, so off the top of your head, man, uh, what artists have you collabed with, you know, in the industry uh, since you started doing music? Um, I, I've actually collabed with a few artists. You, you may know them, or if, or if you don't know them right now, you will soon. Trill Battle, Prevail, uh, Schoolie. I'm pretty sure that everybody knows who Schoolie is from um, Rich oh, Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Schooly, um, who else? Uh, T Pain. Oh, um, man. I know that's yeah. a banger. And yeah, and it's gonna be a banger. We haven't dropped it yet, but um, I'm working on a feature with um, um, Boosie too. So it's like I'm working, um, man, so I'm working, but that's just that's just to name a few. Okay. So uh, as far as your recording process, man, are you more of a writer or a freestyler? Writer. I definitely have to write because because if I freestyle, it's just going to sound like money, girls. (laughs) You know, so I got to write so I can be creative and, you know, and actually think about it and see how, how that instrumental or that production makes me feel what what does that tap into in me so i can be creative and write about it okay so are you are you still independent right now and uh would you sign to a label if it made sense i'm independent but i would definitely sign to a label if it made sense most definitely okay so as far as uh um music goes we talked about the music um i know you have a clothing line too and uh you can uh give um details about your clothing line and um and kind of uh um explain like what else you have going on besides you know your music and your clothing line things like that okay um my clothing line is brick baby um it's brick spelled b-r-i-c um and that that really means like brick Brick means being resourceful, intelligent, and creative. That is how you will overcome, you know, your, your circumstances, situations, or anything that you have going on in life, you know. And and I, and I feel like that's what everybody should do or or has to do in order to be successful or be who they want to be out of life. You have to be resourceful, intelligent, and creative. Um, and I feel like once you've done that long enough that will allow you to bring riches in consistently brick baby you know and i and i feel like this is for my my hustlers my people who have dreams goals that have like you know who want to be somebody or something out of life and i feel like that's everybody who walks planet so we all brick babies okay and I know you um you uh got into the acting too, man. So like uh kind of explain what you have going on right now in that field. Okay, um I actually did a movie with um Boosie. 
um which it which um if i'm not mistaken is going to be dropping in september um water boys um so i've done that water boys um i did two brothers with um strike money i'm um i'm actually on set right now and um we are shooting savage revenge right now um i auditioned for another one of um his movies too boosie and um we got picked to be in that also like you're gonna be one of the first ones to hear it but we're working on the movie for pop's life so you know started a little movie we're working on the series we're working on the, 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 the documentary also so and you gotta you gotta know in the movie and in the series i'm gonna be playing him you know what i mean so that's only right man yeah so you know man we doing all that man so movies music um real estate stocks like i'm just trying to expand into all fields and really take my time and learn about all of this stuff so i can really have a empire and be able to teach the people around me and be able to turn the people around me into bosses as well you know yeah yeah, man. I don't know if you um just sit back and uh just took a look back on your life, man, but you kind of like a real reflection of your father because like, you know, your dad had his hand, always had his hand in different things and things like that. So just to hear you explain all the things you got going on and have your hands in different things, man, it's just like, you know, I know it's, it's it, I know it's not like, you purposely copying him, you know what I'm saying? But it's only right that it that you follow him in his footsteps, you know. Man, it's just like when I really look back from from okay, like the, the time I was released from you know prison up until now, and how far I've come, and how and and how different my life is from then till now. When when I wasn't rapping or I didn't know what I was going to do, then a time it was a point in time where I was homeless and I didn't know where I was going to stay or where my next meal was going to come from. Or I really didn't have a place to call my home. So to be doing what I'm doing now and just be, being able to lock in and focus and, and just being able to know that I can really achieve or do anything that I want to do. It's just I just got to do it and stay focused. Um, just seeing how things are going now, like it's really crazy because if you would have told me that I would have been in this position about five years ago, I wouldn't believe it. Like, hey, bro, like you're gonna be a rapper, like you're gonna be going to Detroit to meet Bill Melf. You, you, you're gonna be going to Tennessee to open up for Juvenile, kick with Juvenile, or you're gonna be going to North Carolina to open up for Young Blue, or you're going to be going to Pittsburgh to open up for Skater Kiss, or you're going to be going to Texas, like, or you're going to be going to Florida to meet DJ Envy and Caesar, and, and you know, just, you couldn't have told me that, that I was going to be doing this five years ago when I was homeless, or I ain't had no money, or I ain't know where I was going to sleep at this night. You couldn't have told me that. Oh, man, uh, do you have any kids? Yes, I actually 
just had a son. He's five months now. Oh, okay. Oh, that's one so kid. Oh, what was you saying? Oh, nothing. I just said just one kid. Just one. I ain't even know. <laughs> Start low, man. You know, man. So I'm gonna keep it cool. I'm gonna keep it at one, maybe two, but one for right now. We just gonna keep it at one. All right. Uh, congratulations on uh, having a kid, man. I know that's a uh, blessing, man. Having a mini me, man, especially uh, uh, having a healthy baby and them mimicking things that you did. You know, it's like a self mirroring. You know, man. And appreciate that. And just having a kid is really just a life changer it just is like when you like with, with me when i look at him and i get to you know and see him or something like that or just just be like man like that's really my creation like that's my son right there like it's crazy and it's make you like it it puts a puts a different type of drive in you type of hustle like like you know you like you feel like you can't let them down because they depending on you you know, and just and just seeing them and stuff like that, and, and, and uh, he just be staring at me, and I just be staring at him, like, like man, you know, man, it's crazy, but yeah, man, that's my pride and joy, man. Man, what would you say is your uh, short and long term goals, man? Um, my short term goal, I I would I would say as as me right now is just for me to focus on getting these projects done, like doing the, the documentary, doing the movie, sketching out how I want the series to be done and how it should go. Like that's stuff that I can be doing right now. Also on top of um me learning the um stocks and trades and stuff like that. So getting better in that. So having multiple streams of revenue, on like just building my foundation now that's my short-term goal is to build my foundation um get a trust for my son um like continue to learn stocks um business credit um just like learning about things that i was never taught growing up or i didn't know so having to go back and try to learn these things playing catch up i like i I just want to get my foundation right and set so I can build my empire and and long live my father as well while creating my own brand, my own name and those things. Long term, um like I, I wanna be I wanna be legendary, you know, like he was, like be well respected i don't care about being well known well respected you know so i want to help a lot of people i want to change the environment in which our people grow up in you know to give them a chance to be successful and and compete in this world um start my non-profit um you know man it's a lot i'm i'm going to do a lot so Short and long term. That's what's up, man. And uh, I just started asking everybody this question before we get off here. I think it's a good uh, legacy question. So uh, what do you want people to uh, know you for? Like when 
when you get up in age and, you know, you start reflecting back on all the goals you're going to accomplish, things like that. What do you want people to know you for when they look back on your life, things like that? Man, it's a few things, you know, just always being real, always being solid. Um, like you and like, I don't like, like people tell me about my pops and nobody has anything bad to say about him ever. Like he did this or he treated me like that or he, you know, and I, and I want that for me, you know, and people still want like that has been gone since September 21st would be six years. People still want to help still people people still want to be a part of what I'm doing to support him. And, you know, then that's what I want for my son when I'm gone. You know, people be like, man, your dad was real. Your dad was, he was silent. He helped me. He gave me an opportunity. You know, just the things that I hear about him, that's what I want for me. Like, being real, being silent, you know, helping people, doing what I can, you know, I'm always there. Um, You know, I ain't no arrogant you know, um, stuck up guy. I'm a man of the people, you know? So I, I want that too. Absolutely, man. So uh, is there anything else that you uh, want people uh, to know that you got going on and uh, closing remarks and uh, just let people know how to find you on social media and things like that? Okay. Um, I'm going to say you guys can find me that find me on IG. That's really the only social media that I really use and I need to stop that. So I need to be on TikTok and Twitter and Facebook. And all that. <laughs> but um IG that's Shawty Low Junior. That's S H A W T Y L O J R. Shawty Low Junior. Um man, just thank you for having me, man. This was a great interview, you know. Um just shout out to all the people you know who Support me, all my fans, all my family, all my friends, you know, anybody who believe in me and love my father, you know, just shout out to everybody. And shout out to the haters too, man. Shout out to y'all too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity, man. You're the, uh, the biggest guest that I've had since I've been doing a podcast. Uh, i just give you a little brief bio by myself man um i've been doing a podcast for two years now i started it in april of 2020 when i uh retired out the military and uh i retired out of the military two years ago and then uh, now i work at the post office and i do this too and uh one of the main reasons i started a podcast was because i i think like in our community especially among black people like the mental health aspect is so absent as far as us being able to talk amongst each other and get reassurance about people going through similar things in our life. And, uh, you know, with our history with slavery, segregation and things like that, we would just talk, we were just trained to get treated bad and just taking on a chin and just keep moving. Oh man. I can Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, uh, we were just trained to just take stuff on, in our community, segregation and slavery and things like that. You know, as far as like reason I started a podcast, the absence of mental health, us being able to talk some months each other and get reassurance 
for uh, for knowing that somebody else from a similar background or different backgrounds go through the same things you go through. You know what I'm saying? So I just uh, wanted to not just only do interviews. I do business on the interviews and I also uh, talk about real stuff like police brutality, child support, uh, 50-50 in relationships, like stuff I know people come across on a day-to-day basis, you know what I'm saying? So that's, uh, and I see there's a lot of impact that it's having on people since I started and you know, got a lot of support, you know, so this uh something that I actually uh, have a passion for and enjoy doing. It's the first thing I really had a passion for since I was playing sports. I was real good at sports, so it was uh first thing I had a passion for since that, so that was a little brief bio by me, you know. Uh, I was in military for eight years. I was special forces in the military. Been in Afghanistan twice. You know, I've been to eight different countries. You know, jumped out of airplanes, uh, fell out of helicopter. I did all the cool stuff, you know. Right, that's dope. Because I, I was gonna ask. So, well, you you already told me, but. Just jumping out the helicopters, parachuting in, and you know, <laughs> crazy. that's crazy, bro. Because you know, I only see that on the game, like Call of Duty. But but you know, y- y- y'all was out there doing it on that for real, like. So yeah. how was that though? Like, uh, it was like well, I tell people all the time, like when they ask me questions, be like, man, how was war and stuff like that. And I I tell them all the time, and they get get surprised when I tell them this. But I was like, I won't wish war on my worst enemy, because I was like, you know, I lost a lot of good friends that I joined the military with. You know, some people got killed right, right beside me, and I'm having to go speak at their funerals when we got back to the U.S. and things like that. Had to go through difficult times like that, and uh, you know, having uh suicide bombers kids walking around suicide bombs on their chest you got walk watch where you walk because they got bombs all through the ground so if you step on a can it might set a bomb off just a can on the street you know what i'm saying so it's just uh stuff and then just like you were saying with your prison time you know the military made me because i went in straight out of high school you know i'm 28 now but uh military made me appreciate little things that a lot of people I see on an everyday basis take granted for, like, you know, military, when we had to do training and things like that, and not being able to have as much free time, you know, you appreciate having the time to go get a haircut or being able to eat what you want to eat and not having to eat those MREs because you out in the field somewhere, you can't get back to base because y'all don't got in a firefight with somebody. And I was just out there, so you got to, eat or drink water and just, you know, just get it how you live until y'all get back to home base. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate all the little things. I don't take things for granted because, you know, I lost a lot of good people I was close with and just uh, in the military. So, you know, I don't take nothing for granted. That's one thing that I'm grateful for that the military gave me and uh, discipline, you know. That's big, man. That's big, and it's like, man, just like what you said, like taking nothing for granted. Like, like I don't know how, like people don't, or sometimes we tend to lose sight on how blessed we are, uh, or or like how or much how much worse things could be. Like being in prison, like you, you got to share a room, so 
And then if you on lockdown and this guy got to poop, I got to be in, I got to sit and I got to smell that. Like, you know, or just me, just anything. Like, you know, people telling you when to wake up, when to go to sleep, or you got to, you know, or I, I could just call my family down. They got to pay for me to call them. And now, now like I'm an extra bill. You know, people looking at you, just, just all of that. Or you've been around people that you don't want to be around, but you have to, you know, it just, just, at anything, just being able to lay in your own bed at night with your own pillow, like you can turn off the light when you want to. You just, it's just the, the small things that people tend to lose sight of because I don't, I don't, I don't know if they haven't had it stripped from them. Right. So it, that's it in a different aspect when it gets stripped from you. Oh yeah, definitely, man. But uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, man. And uh, anytime you need to get something out to the people and things like that, you can hit me up anytime, man. I drop uh, episodes every week and um, I'm um, open to talk about anything. You know, uh, I still got people write me from episodes from uh, 2020 when I dropped the episode about police brutality when George Floyd got killed. One of my friends, he's a real big historian, and he's like, he knows all the history about how we got screwed over, how Malcolm X, them got set up, and how crooked the NCAACP and stuff was. And he started talking about that stuff on the podcast, and it got so deep that they kicked him off the episode. That's how I know, like, people be listening to your conversations, and they wouldn't let me invite them back on. So he was like, man, make sure you put this episode out and people be writing me about that episode. It was like, you know, that episode got real deep because we were talking about how Malcolm X got set up and things like that. So, you know, uh, if you want to talk about real stuff, you know, we don't have to uh, just do an interview all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, you know, um, I try to keep it uh, as authentic as possible. I try to keep it like we having a regular conversation. I don't like to have stuff scripted, you know. Right. Okay. Yeah, man. You know, I'm uh, I'm down for it. You know, talking about the real. You know, just just like, and then that that's just so people can get to see my point of view and my side too. You know, because people people probably see me as Charlie Low Junior. Like they don't like they don't know what I think. They don't know what I like. You know, and things of that nature. So that can open up a avenue to people getting to know me better as well as also getting my perspective on real life. So yeah, man, hear you, man. So I'm down to do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I got a couple of people on my uh, hit list and the A that I got to get, man. So, you know, I'm uh, trying to get a lot of people in Atlanta, man. So uh, they come on here. So, you know, uh, but uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, anytime you want to come on, man, uh, my uh, phone's open, man. Just uh, hit me up anytime. No problem, bro. So I appreciate you understanding me. All right. No problem, bro. You, uh, you have a good night. All right. Same to you. All right.